Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Ian Anson Gray here for episode 202 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. It's so good to be here uh, doing this, doing this live show. And this is the first time after the episode 200, the big one, the fourth anniversary, I've got a special guest on today, which I've, I've been trying to get uh, my guest today on for a while. And uh, for some reason, it's not happened. I think it's, it's, it's probably my fault because I'm just all over the place. But in today's episode, this is going to be exciting. We're going to be trying to sparkle a bit of positivity on, on, a, on a difficult subject, really, because as I mentioned in last week's episode, there's a lot of people, uh, particularly if you have a personal brand or a small business, even if you if you're running a corporate business, there's 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 it's a difficult time. You know, there's the cost of living crisis. There's inflation. There's a lot of other stuff. And so when I um, spoke to John about what to talk about, uh, John Ferrara, who's going to be coming on today, I kind of I was asking him, could, could, would it be possible in my very British way to talk about being uh, how to authentically market your brand in a post? I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say this. I'm probably going to get um, uh, the... Facebook's probably going to flag this. But anyway, in the post-COVID world, what do we do? What do we do? So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. So let's bring in John. I'm very excited to have John Ferrara on the show. He is a SaaS entrepreneur and CRM pioneer who has reimagined CRM by building Nimble, the simple CRM. He has been recognized by Forbes as one of the top 10 social CEOs top 10 social salespeople in the world, and top 100 marketing influencers. John, welcome to the show. I need to find the... There we go. The chill. I almost forgot to tell to, to let everyone applaud you, so it's great and to the, have and you. And the crowd goes wild. I know, I know. Uh, it's it's awesome to have you. Uh, you know, I've I've been following your work for for years and years. Um, you know, and, and Nimble is a, it's really cool. I mean, I used to talk, and I still do talk about tools a lot. And Nimble came into my life really at a time, and I, I shouldn't really admit this because I, but I didn't actually even know what a CRM was when I was introduced to Nimble. And then I thought, ooh, this is actually quite good. Uh, and it really it really made a big impact on me. So thank you for that. Um, you're, you're welcome, Ian. You know, I think that a lot of people are, are scared of CRMs because mm. they, they really think that it's something that Big Brother creates for controlling salespeople. And most of us don't think of ourselves as salespeople. We're really more people building our brand through relationships. Uh, what you what you should be thinking about as any human being on this planet today is that you're branding your network or your net worth and that you should be building a sustainable garden of relationships around you not just prospects and customers but there are influencers as well and if you do what we teach you to do which is create a brand share content to inspire and educate others listen and engage with the intent to serve not sell you're going to have tens of thousands of connections what do you do to manage them you need a contact manager. And that's kind of my root is relationship management. And I think that's what resonated with you, Ian, is that it wasn't a CRM for sales. It was a contact platform for relationships. Yeah, definitely. And I, I talked about this last week um, because I've just come from Atomicon, which is this big conference in the UK. And I met so many people. First of all, people that I already knew in the in the marketing world, the the, the the business world, and also I've met new people. And I don't know about you, but my memory stinks. So I kind of mm -hmm. like, usually if I if I leave it a few days, I've kind of forgotten who I met. Yeah. And so what I've done this time is that I have made a, a list of all the people that I met uh, using a CRM. And and, uh, and then I'm, I met somebody uh, who uh, who I know, who I've known for years. And he's, and I said, when was the first time, 
when was the first time we met? Um, and this is this guy called Richard Tubb. And uh, he said, do you know, I, I can t I can find out. I'm just going to look it up on my CRM. And sure enough, he opened up the CRM on his phone. I said, we met in 2015 at New Media Europe conference in Manchester. And I was blown away. I thought, that is amazing. So just relying on our own brains, we're, we're, we're never going to remember that stuff. But um, yeah, so yeah. And you know what they call that, Ian? The Dunbar limit. <laughs> yes. So makes... There's an English chap named Dunbar who did a study on how many people can you manage in your head at one time. And literally, it's only 100 to 200 max for most people. And so how do you effectively remember who somebody is, what they're about, when you first met, what's happened before, and what might be planned to happen in the future between you? Because that's what I call context and insights. Context is what happened before, what's going to happen ahead, who did it, who's going to do it. Insights is who are they and what are they about? And if you have context and insights on a human being you're engaging with, you're going to be more effective at finding ways to serve them. And I think that's why we're here is we're on this planet to grow and we grow best by helping other people grow, rinse and repeat. That's music to my ears. That's, I mean, that, these are the things that I'm really thinking about at the moment. So thanks, thanks, John, for that. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast, you won't know this. But if you're watching and you see the sweat dripping down my face, it's because it's boiling here. And uh, we don't really do air conditioning in this country, in the UK, because it, it's basically hot for one week of the year. So, uh, but I'm, I'm coping. So, John, um, yeah, well, I, I want to talk a little bit about Nimble in a bit. We'll come back to, to that as a CRM. But before we yeah. do... I. Um, and I will talk to you about, I want to talk to you about confidence and particularly how, you know, what can we do from a marketing point of view at the moment uh, with all the all the struggles that, that are around. But I'd love to hear some of your your backstory. So you're, you know, in, in the in the intro, um, I, I mentioned in your bio, you know, you're a SaaS entrepreneur and uh, you are, you know, nimble is your baby. But can you give, how did you get to that? That There must be a story of how you came to to want to create Nimble. Um, tell us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to where you are today. You bet, Ian. Um, thanks for asking. So I got started as a entrepreneur because I, I struggled. I had a need. Um, I, I got myself through school, uh, my computer science degree, working at a computer store. And I learned about how computers work and what software people use. And this is in the infancy of computers. This is 1979, 80, 81. So I was one of the first people in my town to buy a computer. And, uh, and I knew enough about software that when I got my first job and they put me into sales, I needed something to be able to manage the relationships, the leads, the contacts. And back then there wasn't Outlook. There wasn't Salesforce. There was no CRM. There was basically any barely any tools to manage contacts. People manage them on paper, something called a daytimer. And so I managed my contacts on a daytimer, my to-dos in that daytimer, my forecast on a spreadsheet. I communicated with email and text and post-it notes with my team about the contacts and the relationships we we're building to grow our business. And I said, there's gotta be a better way. And I looked around and I couldn't find a tool that integrated email, contact and calendar and sales and market automation. So I quit my job, started a company called Goldmine we started Goldman on $5,000. It was in the DOS days. So DOS is before Windows. It's when it was just a cursor. Mm. And uh, we grew that company to over $125 million a year in revenue without ever taking a dime from any investors. We bootstrapped it. Uh, we didn't know any better. And, uh, and I'd have to say that we were able to do that because we believed. Um, it wasn't easy. It's not easy bootstrapping a company. But we believed every day that we could do it and we kept putting one foot in front of each other. We, we figured out what our passion was, which is basically building relationship management systems that help other people achieve their dreams. We made our purpose to, um, to grow that business and we made a, a basic plan and we put it on the refrigerator and every day we said, what are we doing to get there? And, and you know, it's unbelievable how long it took to really get to scale, but at the same time, it went by in a blink of an eye. Wow, that's. I mean, I th I think I love that that there, there was this 
you had this vision and you were following it, but you also say, you, you quite clearly say that it wasn't always easy. Uh, and I was reminded of, uh, as, uh, there was a, sp a speaker at Atomicon, the conference I've just been to, by Joe Wicks. Now, you may not have heard of Joe Wicks, but in the UK, he's uh, like a big sensation. He During the pandemic, he was create he was doing he was a personal trainer he was um getting on there getting everyone fit even people all around the world were watching him live he had like a million people watching him live and he 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 said um that he he was an overnight success it just it's just that it took 10 years yeah <laughs> and yeah. it and and but he he had this passion and this vision and it sounds like that was I mean, it might not have taken 10 years for you, but it's still, it's still ha you have that passion. How much of, so when, when I, when I heard you, uh, you, you, you kind of, obviously that's the shortened version, right? but somebody might say to you like, John, that, that you must not have a problem taking risk, you, you know, cause you can, you can be risk averse and you can just like be almost reckless. And people might say, listening to that story, well, you, you just like, you quit your job. I mean, that's a pretty scary thing. And you just, you believed in this product and, and you did it. So what what made you do that? Because that that's quite a big thing, you know, quitting your job and following your passions there. Yeah. Well, I believe that you're some of the interactions and the journeys that you have before you come to these decision points in your life. And... Uh, when I decided to quit my job and start Goldmine, I was making about a hundred thousand plus a year in sales. Um, but I knew I could go get a job in sales at any time. Like there are a few people with my technology skills. So I was a systems engineer. I had a computer science degree. I worked three years in a computer store and I was doing um, sales and technology. So there are a few people who are as skilled as, as I was not to be overconfident. So I knew I could always go get a job, but I didn't know that I could always have this moment in time when there was a crossroads of people's needs to manage relationships and my knowledge and awareness of what they needed and that I could create it. And so, I used to work before I started um, this sales job at Banyan at a company called Hughes Space and Communications. So Hughes had a plant site of 15,000 people on this huge multi-acre place. And I was um, in systems there. So I basically installed and maintained the computer networks and the computers for um, the engineers and stuff. And there was this old engineer who I uh, used to go and work on his computer. And he said to me, John, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I said, Bill, what are you talking about? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And he said, well, my friends left Hughes and they started TRW, they started Litton, they started um, all, all these other companies and they asked me to come with them. I, I shoulda, coulda, woulda gone and done that. And if I did that, I wouldn't be sitting here working for Hughes for 40 years, making whatever they decide to pay me, kind of working this dead end job. And, and I said to myself, when the universe knocks on your door, You've got to be brave enough to open the door and walk through it if you feel right about it. And, and Ian, you're right. It was slightly reckless, right? I mean, I'm quitting a job. I'm 28 years old. Can I go get another job in technology? Yes. I think the bigger risk was not going through the door and starting Goldmine, honestly. Mm, that's that's really interesting. It, it It's that elements of regrets, you know, and I think sometimes I've made decisions because I know that I will regret it if I don't do it. Because so yeah. there's there's an element of anxiety. It's it's just maybe a stressful situation. But you mentioned, I think you mentioned vision. You mentioned passion. Those are really important things. If you have a passion for doing something, a vision for something, uh, and also like I, I, it sounds like you had confidence as well. And obviously, this this show is a lot about confidence. Um, mm. I see a lot of a lot of people out there, you know, particularly I'm thinking about personal brand businesses here who have so much to give. They are clearly smart. They're clearly creative. But there's this blockage, this barrier. Um, and it's this it is this confidence. I and mean, I'm not talking about this like a brash 
um, superficial confidence here. I'm talking about like a deep confidence in the fact in their ability to to be successful. And we can we can talk about you know defining what success means. I mean, obviously, it means different things to different people. But how how much had how much has confidence played a role? In, you know, in those early days, but also um, up until you know in recently as well. How how has that played a role in your career? I think it's I think it's um, a huge part of my success is my belief that I can, and my commitment to um, to jump off the cliff to to go to go for things. Um, and I'd have to say that we're all born, we're gifted with whatever the universe gifts us with in both intelligence, personality, looks, everything the universe gifts you with. And, and I'd have to say that I was gifted with a lot from the universe and I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And I don't think that without these gifts that I'd be the human I am today. I think that the people around me certainly shaped me, but I really believe that the universe creates something in the moment of creation. And that thing that they created is what that thing is. And I can say that because I have three babies and they behaved in the womb, very similar to the way they behaved when they were born to the way they are today. And so, um, so I think that my confidence is a gift from the universe and also my parents. My father was an entrepreneur. He was the number one Lincoln Mercury guy in the country in the 50s. He had the first Subaru dealership in California in the 70s. Uh, he could walk into any room and talk to any person. And that used to just drive me crazy. I remember my dad would talk to anybody, anywhere. And I'd just pull on his, his, his pants because I was this little tiny guy. And I'd look up and say, Dad, do you have to talk to everybody? And, um, you know, I swore I'd never be in sales. I studied computer science because I wanted to be more like my uncle, John, who helped invent radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s. And so I became a technologist, but I couldn't hide from my roots. And it was my dad's sales and marketing skills, his people skills, that really enabled me to take the technology vision that I had and to scale it. Because if you don't build a team around you to uh, achieve your dreams, you will never scale truly in life. And it's my, I think it's my ability to communicate vision and confidence where people not only believe in it, but they're willing to follow me into the valley of, you know, conflict and, and to go create things out of nothing. I would not be here today without the team of people around me and that's not just the people who have worked in the entrepreneurial ventures I've been in, but the constituency around it. Because Ian, even you are part of that uh, sustainable garden that I've tried to create around my entrepreneurial um, endeavors to enlist a series of people to help achieve the dream because they buy off on the dream that I'm creating, which is not necessarily about making Nimble or Goldmine more money, but really about serving other people's desire to achieve their dreams through better relationships. So I think that that sort of higher purpose resonates with the people we connect with and it builds this sort of community. And I think that that ability to communicate vision and to gather that tribe and to drive that tribe into a higher power purpose could not be done without confidence. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, and not all of us will have a a dad who's like an entrepreneur and we could, but we can still find people to be in, inspirations in our lives. And I love what you said about team, having a team of people. We, we think of like in our businesses, having a team of a, a team in the business, we may have uh, assistants, mm -hmm. we may have uh, engineers, whatever it is, but I'm a big believer in having a team of people um, who are your who are your encouragers, your cheerleaders, but also yeah. will, who will tell you the truth, um, in, in a, hopefully in an encouraging way. And I, and I think that's you. You have definitely. I've seen this over the years, John. That you have you have built those relationships. You know, we'll talk about Nimble in a minute. Nimble is the, is is definitely it's a technological way of 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 helping with in the process. But you have definitely done that. You have reached out to people. You are also very giving. You know, you are. 
I mean, thank you for, for all the times you've shared or, or retweeted my stuff, for, for example. Um, I mean, that might seem like a really tiny thing, but it, it, it's it's a massive thing. It, it's building building the, the, those relationships with people. And even though I think we have met in person uh, once, I think at Social Media Marketing World, but even though we haven't met each other um you know, very often it still feels that we we have a relationship, we have a connection. I think that's yeah. really important. Um, I wanted to ask you. So it's obviously not all been wonderful. You know, I, well, I assume it hasn't. I've seen there's been some times when maybe you've had a confidence wobble. Um, yeah. And so this, I, I didn't, I, I didn't kind of um, ask you this before. Whether I, I didn't kind of check with you whether you were happy with this question, but I'm sure you are. Like, can you share with us maybe, like, when you have had, which I assume you have, the occasional confidence wobble, maybe in your ability or the ability of the product or, or something else or whatever in your life, what's got, what's gotten you through that? Well, Ian, that's a really great question. And I, and I really believe that life is like a Beethoven symphony, that there are high and low notes. And without the low notes, you can't really appreciate the high notes. And if you had high notes all through your life, you'd be crazy. I mean, it just would be, you know, manic. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, my life has not been perfect. And, um, and there's been many times in throughout my life where I've struggled um, to see tomorrow, to stay the course, to believe in the dream. Um, there are times when I was driving home from Goldmine, literally crying from the pressure. I mean, to build a company, you work for the team. They don't work for you. And you carry that home every night and, and every moment, even while you're sleeping. And, and it keeps you awake and it uh, you, you worry about making payroll and um, um, keeping the doors open and um, being able to compete effectively in competitive marketplaces and to deliver the vision and the resources necessary and the support necessary to your team for them to execute on those things. And, to take advice from people when maybe you're wrong and you have to change your course. And all those things uh, are hard. But I think the thing that's gotten me through it all is belief. Belief that what we're doing is important and that it serves other for a higher purpose. And that um, if we just stay the course, we'll get through it. And I can't tell you how many times that belief has gotten me through storms that are unimaginable um, in both Goldmine and Nimble. And um, you know, that song comes to mind, Jesus Take the Wheel. Um, and I really believe in that it's a higher power. Uh, and I'm, I, was, um, I was raised a Catholic. Uh, I've studied all the religions. I'm a universalist. I believe in a higher power, but I don't believe it's my God or your God, it's uh, our God, that higher power, who that is. But I really believe that you need to believe in a higher power and sometimes trust in that higher power where you put your prayers to the universe and that you're present enough in your life to be able to hear when the universe knocks and brave enough to open the door and more importantly, walk through. And it reminds me of an analogy of uh, motorcycle riding. Ian, you ever ridden a motorcycle? Uh, no, I've been on the back of one, but uh, okay. I was a little bit, yeah. I have to say, I was a little bit nervous about it, but it was it's fun. It's <laughs> to be on the back than it is to drive. So I've never been a street bike guy, but I've been a dirt bike guy. And um, and one of the places near my home in Southern California, there's a track area that involves mountains and streams and desert uh, plains. So if you're riding a motorcycle on the desert plain, if you hold on to the handles too stiff, you're going to fall over. What you need to do is you need to let go of the wheels a little bit and let the handlebar float because what happens is you drive through sand at speed, the, the tire needs to find its place and it flows through the sand. And I, I really see that as a vision of life. Like you can't just hang really, really tight on the steering wheel and just think, okay, we're, I'm, I'm going to drive this thing through all these ruts. 
sometimes you need to sort of let go a little bit and let mm. the tire find its groove and uh, and trust in the process. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, whether people have a, a faith or not, I mean, for me, my faith is absolutely integral to to everything. Um, but I, th I think thinking a little bit, thinking outside of yourself that that it's mm -hmm. it's bigger than you and the, the it's not necessarily letting go is I don't think what you're saying there's there's a great I, I love this metaphor about um fishing so there are some tribes around the world who they I, I so I'm not very knowledgeable about this but they they will fish with a stick and they will they, they will kind of um, ram the stick down and through the through the fish and catch them that way uh, but if you're not experienced with it, so what they'll do is they'll wait and wait for the fish and then they'll get it quickly. But what somebody like me would probably do is I would frantically, you know, I'd be splashing around. I wouldn't get any fish that way because I'm 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 almost trying too hard. I'm I'm, I'm splashing. I'm, I'm making too much noise. Whereas if if you if you wait for the moment, um, yes. I think that's that's really helpful to to think about it that way. And I think I've noticed that when I try too hard, if I if so, I, I I've been thinking about this that the the times in my life when I in my business when I've been strategic, you know, consciously strategic, are the moments when my business has not done as well. The moments yeah. when I follow my curiosity and mm. I get excited about it and I follow my passions, that is when my business goes really well. It is yeah. kind of. It seems like counterintuitive. That's just like the analogy of the of the motorcycle through the sand, right? It's like when you're like this, it's different than when you're like this. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And so, I like, really, yeah. I really believe that there there is a higher power, mm. and that it, and that does deliver magic in your life. Yeah, and uh, and you really believe that anybody listening to this should read whatever books they can about self-realization and um, you know, all the different things that they can about trying to tap into whatever higher power is in your life to achieve your dreams. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. You need to do the, you need to do the deep work. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's move just uh, quickly about to uh, nimble. Cause I do, I do want to talk about, um, you know, ab about marketing um, but I want to ask it for people who haven't come across Nimble. You can find it at nimble.com. Um, can you just just explain what it is? I mean, you know, and, and just assume we don't even know what a CRM is. Right? Yeah. I mean, I assume a lot of people will have heard of a CRM, but for those who don't, I don't want people to feel that they they're missing out. So essentially, what Nimble is is a contact manager that integrates your email, contacts, and calendar into a singular system. So everybody has an email productivity suite. You're using some type of phone with uh, Google, Microsoft, Apple, or all of the above that manages the contacts you're connecting to, the conversations you're having, and the activities that you're driving. Today, you're doing that in a disjointed contact system, whether we're talking about you personally using Gmail or Apple Mail, or professionally using G Suite or Microsoft 365. And that is because your contacts for every team member is a separate contact database. And those contacts aren't connected to the email and calendar things that you're doing with each other, let alone the tasks that you should be doing as well. And so people call that CRM, but that's really not CRM. CRM is really more about salespeople and leads. And so um, most CRMs are sales CRMs that you take your leads from your website you put them into a system, you drip, march, you drip nurture them till they're lead qualified, and then you pound on them till they buy or die. But most of us aren't in sales, or most of us don't spend all of our time doing sales things that are dollar related, but we all spend time building relationships. And so if you believe that your contacts are your gold mine, and you want to turn your contacts into gold, how can you more effectively manage and nurture the relationships so that when you do want to reach out to somebody, you can easily segment out who you want to reach out to, tailor a very small subset of those contacts with a very specific message that feels you're talking one-to-one to, -one to them, and to be able to maintain those contacts so that you're top of mind with them, so that no matter when they pick up the phone, they uh, 
whenever they think about you or your products and services, they pick up the phone and call you or they drag their friends with them. That's what a contact manager is. And so that's what the roots of Nimble are and Goldmine is because Goldmine predates Outlook or Salesforce. So we were the original contact platform and Nimble sort of takes the idea of that your CRM should be about relationships for your whole team, not just leads for salespeople into the modern cloud world. And we do it in a social way. So when I started Nimble, there was no social selling or social CRM or contact platforms that integrate with social. And I started to build my brand and network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I wanted to manage the contacts I was connecting to. And I couldn't find anything that, you know, that unified the contacts and the conversations I was having in social. I found Hootsuite, which enabled me to manage the conversations, but not tie them to contacts. And so I basically built Nimble to automatically unify all your contacts, all your email, all your calendar, and your social into one single contact platform that then works with you wherever you live. So if you're inside your email inbox, if you're inside LinkedIn, if you're inside Twitter, Nimble sitting there where you could easily build a record for somebody new you're engaging with or bring up a record for somebody that is existing to give you the context and insights you need to effectively engage in the moment. But more importantly, the ability to follow up and follow through after because any interaction you have typically requires a follow up. What do I got to do next? And most people don't do those follow-ups because they got to go to the serum to use them. So the biggest cause of failure serum is lack of use. The second is bad data. Uh, bad data because you work for it. You got to go to it. You Google somebody, then you log in the serum, what you did. And then you go and engage wherever you do, and you got to go log what you did. And nobody does that. And so I think that's why people love Nimble is it's the first serum that automatically builds records. It's the first serum that works with you wherever you live in your email inbox inside social or any business app that you use. It's the first serum that's designed for relationships, not just sales. And finally, our workflows that we've built are incredible because most CRMs, their outcome is a deal, but most relationships, the outcome isn't a dollar related thing. It's a repeatable process that you're trying to do in order to achieve a goal. And so, for example, Ian, when you do a podcast with somebody, you probably have a series of steps that you do to prepare them for the podcast. You send them, an email asking for their avatar and bio, you send them some prep notes, You um, uh, so you move them through a series of related stages and you might collect certain fields on them. And so a lot of people do that in spreadsheets, but our nimble workflows enable you to build those repeatable processes and definable stages and boards that allow you to manage all those things like hiring people and uh, raising money or getting a job or accounts receivable or whatever kind of things that you're doing in your business. And so I think what people love about Nimble is that it's a relationship platform for individuals or for teams. It'll do the sales things, but more importantly, it does the relationship things that you need to truly scale your business. Yeah, and I, you used the word automatically. It, it, it is a bit like that because it connects to all these different, you know, it connects to all these different places. You, if you're on LinkedIn, it will kind of pop up. I, I love the way it kind of follows you where you're going uh, along. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, it's what we talked about is the struggle we all have. We can't remember all the people we've ever connected with. When did we meet them? What was said? Who said it, right? And when you call up American Express, they know that. So nimble is the nudge on your shoulder that'll basically say, oh yeah, you met Ian uh, in, in, in 2014 and, uh, and then you saw him at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego and, and you know all the history and this is what's going on in his life. And that way, when you're connecting with somebody, you can spend time listening instead of Googling them, you're actually present with them and you have an easy way to do what's my next step. Because if you don't have a next step with somebody that's important to you, then what's the purpose of the connection? Why are you building a relationship with somebody? And so you really need to have a contact platform to manage the most important asset that you have, the relationships that you're building for to create the brand that you want to achieve the purpose that you want in your life, which I hope involves helping other people achieve theirs. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Well, if you want to check out Nimble, just go to nimble.com. 
Uh, Nimble aren't sponsoring this podcast, by the way. I'm just I'm just a fan. So there you go. Uh, just before we move on, I just wanted to remind you of the big giveaway. So episode 200, the fourth anniversary of this podcast. We're doing a big giveaway. Uh, there's going to be a Heil microphone that you get. Uh, you can also get a copy of Ecamm Live, uh, Restream, lots of cool tools. Also, the book, the most amazing marketing book ever, which I have written a chapter for. This is uh, Mark Schaefer's book. So if you want to enter this, uh, I will be doing a baking, making announcements at the end of the month. This is June 2023, so sorry if you're listening in the future. But all you need to do is go to confident.live forward slash giveaway. That's confident.live forward slash giveaway and all the best with that it's going to be fun and exciting so john uh let's let's move on to um this uncertain world that we're living in and and i, I keep on talking to people uh you know and this was at the conference i've been to but i've been speaking to to people who on the surface they seem really successful they've been doing really well over the years but they're struggling some of them you know it's been mm. a tough year uh, cost of living. So I, I'm gonna. This is gonna all sound very melodramatic and depressing, but I'm hoping that you're gonna help us here. It's a cost of living crisis, inflation, um, losing clients. Uh, a lot of companies are, are slashing, say, their marketing, uh, biz, uh, marketing uh, budget. Uh, there's so much more content than there ever was before. Blog traffic is going down. AI, which is which is cool and exciting, but there's obviously a bit of uncertainty there as well. So can you give us a bit of hope in this uncertain world uh, for our businesses when it comes to marketing and growing? Well, you know, as you were saying that, a song came to my head. It was a Monty Python song. Do you know Monty Python? Yeah, yeah, big fan. Always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> and they were singing this when they were on the cross in uh, in, in the Holy Grail movie. Um, but uh, seriously, uh, I think this is a great question. I think that we've all struggled these past few years. Um, whether somebody wants to admit it or not, this past few years has been transformational uh, to us all. And I, I think I'd be the first to admit that there's been moments of that where I was depressed. Uh, I was scared. I didn't know what the future might hold. Massive change was happening around us and, it, and it's still happening and it's, it's accelerating in so many ways. But I think I have to go back to my roots uh, of kind of the way I was taught about life that it's going to be okay tomorrow, that life's like a Beethoven symphony, that there are high and low notes and that you have to embrace both in your life in order to have a true full experience of life. And so um, there's moments when the world is showering me with gifts and there's moments where the universe smacks me right upside my head. And, uh, and I think that this whole, um, crisis that we that we're still going through has really smacked us all and that we don't all really understand fully its effect. But I think we need to be empathetic with ourselves to start. I think we need to really just get present with ourselves and just embrace that it's been a hard three years and mm. give yourself a hug. And then start doing that with other people. I think that it's important to do what you and I are doing right now, Ian, is to go out and reconnect with other human beings. And it's okay to start digitally like we're doing today, but I think that the more digital we get, the more human we need to be, as our dear friend Brian Kramer teaches us on a daily basis, and that we need to go out and uh, get face-to-face -face with each other again, to actually touch other human beings. And I'm going to tell you a story about Mark Schaefer, uh, who I adore. You know Mark, right? You just mentioned mm. him. Um, so my wife and I were going out to visit a town called Asheville, North Carolina. And if you haven't been to Asheville, definitely check it out. And I knew that it was near uh, where my dear friend Mark Schaefer lived and uh, lives. And I made a point to, um, to reach out to him and connect with him. He invited me to come stay at his house. I flew in in Knoxville and I went to his house on the lake and I spent uh, a day and a half with Mark and his uh, amazing wife 
on his beautiful home on the lake in uh, Tennessee. And it was, it was joyful. It was great. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen Mark, met Mark, had dinner with Mark over the years so many times, contributed his books. Uh, I'm part of his tribe. But to actually spend time uh, with him in his home on the lake, it was just great. And I have this picture I have to share with you sometime with Mark and I on, on the boat. It's just, it's literally electric. It's just like so beautiful. And so um, I think that uh, we should all admit that this past few years has been uh, pretty uh, hard and that um, the light is beginning to shine at the end of the tunnel. And I believe that we're coming out of that cycle but there will be more cycles. There'll be more stuff. Um, there's going to be more gifts and there's going to be more smacking by the universe. So embrace the gifts when the universe is showering you. Um, take your lumps when the universe is smacking you. Know that there are cycles in life like anything and that there will be more high notes if you're in low notes or more low notes if you're in high notes. Uh, but I do believe that in every point of change in the uh, cycle of man is great opportunity. And I've started two businesses in recessions. And I do believe that we may be going into a slight recession and it's going to get harder for a period of time. But that change will create opportunities. In my mind, everybody's going to need to be working smarter and better. And, and why not work smarter and better with your relationships? And so because Nimble is super smart, but also very affordable, I think a lot of people are going to question why they're spending so much on some of these more expensive CRMs and start using Nimble. So I think that um, that every struggle, every challenge creates opportunities and make the most of these opportunities that are coming in front of you today. Believe in what you're doing. Keep putting those foot, those feet in front of each other and uh and and send your prayers to the universe be present and listen for that knock and if it does happen and it feels right jump through that door so important stuff there i i, I think i'm i'm gonna have to replay that later because there was so many wonderful points you made there uh and reconnecting with people ideally in person but uh, and and asking people how they're doing and you know encourage people i think so many of us don't get the encouragement yeah um, people are struggling so i i think that is so yeah. important and, and, uh, and the number yeah. one thing that people want in life is to be seen heard wanted and loved that is why we feed these things with stuff so that we get the little red lights that say people see you people hear you people want you and that yeah. is the best gift that you can give other people is your presence to their moments acknowledging them and in that moment of connection with them find a way to blow wind in their sails and if you do that is if that is your purpose of every interaction with every human being is to gift that human being with something even if it's mainly even if it's only your presence in the moment where you're checking out your groceries rather than staring at your phone looking for more notifications from somebody who might be liking or whatever your post hmm. give your presence to that person that's serving you in the moment give them a smile ask them how they're doing give them a little bit of love and i guarantee you if you do that with every interaction especially the ones that you take the time to schedule a call and have interactions with other people if you spend all your time listening to them rather than spewing on them, you're going to learn enough to give uh, to 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 give to blow some wind in their sails. And if that is your purpose of every interaction is to connect deep enough to learn enough to acknowledge them as a human being and find a way to add some value, that's the secret to life success. Zig Ziglar said it: the more people you help grow, the more you will grow. And so I think that that is your secret to life success that I just gave you. I oh, love that. It's so counterintuitive, counter isn't it? it? It it feels like it's the wrong way around, but it works. It so works. So yeah, reach out to people. Uh, do do you know contact people and 
the, the big thing that I, I, I used to really struggle at this, and that's listening, truly listening mm. to people. Part of that is that I've not got a very good short-term memory, so I want to spew out before I forget, but actually yeah. stop and l truly listen to people. We're almost out of time, John, um, and I did, but I did want the, to ask you a couple of questions. So I don't know how brief you can be because they're kind of maybe quite big questions. But the first one was, why is authenticity important when marketing our brand? Um, we've talked about authentic human connections quite a bit, I think, in, in the last few minutes. Um, but and, and the word authenticity is kind of banded around a lot. You know, we talk, but we talk about it in live video. Why is it important in marketing our brand, particularly at the moment? Well, people have more senses than you, than, than they know that they do. Um, have you ever been walking behind somebody and, and they turn around, they catch you looking at them or you're walking and you turn around and catch somebody looking at you and you, you, you turn around or they turn around because they felt you. Hmm. You know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. like I can feel people. I know that I can. I, I've, I've experienced it in so many ways. I could actually, I've actually read people's minds before. There is a guy who is telling me, John, I got to tell you something. And I said, you have a, you have a daughter? And he said, how'd you know? I said, I felt it. So people can, if your brand isn't aligned with the promises you make and the experience that you deliver, people will sense it, people will know it, and it's misaligned, and it'll affect the way people feel about you, et cetera. Authenticity is everything. And so you need to align who you say you are to the experience that you deliver and, um, and, and the products that you serve. There's a restaurant in California called Houston's or Hillstones. Go eat there when you're, if you're ever in, in the United States, and what you'll find is that the, the environment, the food, the service is all top notch and they work very hard to deliver that. And that authenticity makes that restaurant just packed all the time. And so I think authenticity is everything, especially uh, the more human we all need to be with all this AI and, and all this digital stuff that we're being buried in. I think that's why you're going to stand out is being an authentic human. Hmm. I, I'm so with you on that uh, in so many ways. I think this is why live video is going to continue to be important, but mm. why just just being more authentic, more real, more raw, um, almost vulnerable is maybe yeah, the word as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know yeah. Ian, you're hitting on something really hard there. I mean, really important. I try to roll up my sleeves and open my shirt and let people see my heart and soul. And I think that's why they connect with me is because they feel me. They, 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 they feel connected. They, they know me. I mean, I just say who I am when I feel it and they, they get that. Right. And, um, and I think that the more you do that, the deeper people will connect with you. I call it the five F's of life. We connect, not on our business commonalities, but of the softer side, family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. So if you share those commonalities, and I used to teach that, if you go in somebody's office, look at the, look at their walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect, all these things are what you share in common with somebody. And if you share that with that person and you build bonds on commonality like that, then even if you haven't spoken to somebody in years, that connection will always be there. Yeah, so true. Um, if you could share one or two things very quickly that people need to, that I suppose people can do now that's different to what they did before, what would they be in order to to get them out of the, the slump that they're in and grow their business? What would they be? You know, I think that the biggest thing is just get out in the digital river. I think that a lot of people are still like in their little shop on Main Street with that little bell on their door and they're sitting inside their shop behind the counter and they're sitting there looking at their phone and they're just an addict on their phone and they're not really truly engaging with people. And so think about a, a, a trade show booth. How many times do you walk by a trade show booth at a trade show and people are sitting at the counter inside their booth staring at their phone versus 
standing at the edge of their booth or ideally in the aisle of their booth, engaging the people that walk by. Do, do you feel the energy difference there? Yeah, definitely. And so, so I think that that's what you need to be doing on a daily basis is to get out in the digital social river of life and uh, put your, the, the, those, those rubber pants on and go stand out in the middle of the river. And that's where you want to drop your fishing lure and, uh, and to begin to listen and engage and interact. So build a brand in all the places where your constituency has conversations to, to learn and grow about how to be better, smarter, faster in around the areas of your products and services, give away knowledge on a daily basis to help other people grow around those products and services, listen, and engage with the intent to serve and grow as opposed to the bag and tag and the universe will shower you with um, success. Love that. Well, we are definitely out of time. I was gonna, I was, it was gonna make this a shorter episode, but John, you've just shared <laughs> so many different I things. I just, you know, I just, get, I couldn't stop. Give me a mic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hey, was I awesome. Say one thing, Ian. If yeah. if you're listening to the show today and the stuff that I'm talking about about building your golden Rolodex, managing relationships resonates with you and you go sign up for a free two week trial at nimble.com and you dig what you see, use the code J O N 40, John 40, and you'll get 40% off your first three months. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you so much, John, for that. So do check out nimble and use that code. It's been so great to have you on John. Uh, where can people follow you? Obviously go to nimble, but you are on the socials. Obviously where, where's the best place for people to connect with you? You know, this is my last piece of advice Ian. Google, Google me. You'll find J-O-N Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A. You'll find, uh, and then connect with me in whatever channel feels comfortable with you. And notice that I fill up the first couple pages. So Google yourself. People are going to Google you before they meet with you. Are you showing up on the first page? Are you filling up a couple pages? If not, and you want to do better, create a Wikipedia page for yourself. It's free as long as you follow the guidelines of citing all your background, et cetera. And Google will format that into a really nice box right there on the page when people Google you. So uh, Google me and connect with me on whatever channel that makes sense for you. Love that. And we did a whole episode on brand SERPs and knowledge panels. We had Jason Barnard on. I can't remember which number it is, but if you want to find out a bit more about that, John's advice here was is definitely good. Love the Wikipedia idea. Um, I, I'll, I'll look into that. Well, thanks, John. It's been great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you, Ian. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for watching or for plugging us into uh, your ears. Really appreciate that. Uh, you can find out the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. And this goes, uh, this gets broadcast on all the usual channels, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn as well. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for watching the Confident Live Marketing Show with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, see the loo.